Welcome to Under the Blankets. Oh, my pretties, my pretties out there listening, listening to every word, listening to every episode. Oh, how I adore you, my pretties. And we are here again under Mirage's blanket in his heart where we see, as he says, subact all is one. And I'm here today with someone that's been uh, not on the show for a while. So I'm going to have to spank him later. Ryan, the presence coach. Say hello to everyone, Ryan. Hello to everyone, Ryan. All right. So today we're going to start by talking with the age old philosophical debate, especially in Western philosophy. This is a huge debate. And the debate is never ending, it seems like. There's one side that says it's all determined, meaning it's all connected, it's all interrelated and interconnected, and it's all going to happen the way it's going to happen, meaning there's nothing we could do about it. It's called fate. It's called destiny. It's called determinism. It's all set in stone. And free will, in this uh, point of view, the idea that you make a choice independent and free of this process is not existent. In other words, from the determinist perspective, there is no free will. Now, from the free will perspective, yes, it, there might be some kind of destiny or whatever, but the person has a will where they can choose certain things and that determines their destiny. So that sense of I'm going to do crack or not do crack. I'm definitely going to not do crack. And you see that crack, you see that person saying, smoke this crack, and you say, no, I'm not going to smoke crack because, you know, I'll probably get addicted. And you say, no, every time your friend Joe offers you crack, you say, no, I see you smoking it, and I hang out with you, and you offer it to me every time because you're a dickhead and want to get me addicted, so you're not really my friend. But I'm not, and that Will is free to turn down the crack of his friend Joe, you know, and therefore that shapes his destiny of probably if he did do the crack and got addicted, he wouldn't have as good a life. Not that some people, maybe free people out there can do crack successfully. I'm not knocking crack. I'm just saying for the most part, that's an example of something that's not productive for your body or your life. So that's a good example of free will because people feel, oh, well, I say no to that. And they have the sense of will that's free. I can turn that down. A lot of times that's used to blame people like, well, they could have turned down that crack and they went and they did it. So it's their fault. They're a drug addict. And that's what I think free will basically is. It's an excuse to blame people for the most part. And I'm I, I think, though, there is a we have to admit there is a level where there's a sense of free will. I feel like I'm going to pick up my shoe and put it on my head. And you have this sense of making the decision in your mind to pick up the shoe and put it on your head and walk around in the street with a shoe on your head. And you have the sense of free will to do that. But in reality, that sense of making that choice is an ego. It's a separate self. It's this illusion because in reality, Everything is interrelated and interconnected, and it's all like dominoes. Picture it like dominoes. You hit the first domino, the second domino falls, the third domino, and it's all going to go in a big circle. And that's what that's the is a level where we have free will from my perspective. It does exist in the illusion, it feels like it exists, 
But in a deeper reality, it's all one. It's all interrelated. It's all interconnected. And that's the spiritual reality. And that in that reality, there's no free will. So it's a great measure of where if you're out of your ego. Because if you feel like you're going around making choices, you're, you're, you're not getting spiritual. That's not spirituality. People may be like, well, I choose love and I choose happiness and I manifest my dreams and I manifest my new job and I'm a new... No, you're just a fool. You're just a, a loser. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sounding like Trump now. You're not a loser. I mean, you're just caught up in ego. You're not a loser. See, there, that, that was my ego when I called you a loser, right? So anyway... That's a good measure of where you're at. If you if, once you start to witness that choice being made to put the shoe on your head, you're sitting there watching this guy take up the shoe, put the shoe on the head, go out and walk down the street with the shoe on their head. You just watch this guy do it from from within the guy. So you're in the guy doing it. You're watching your your body do that. You're watching your mind make that decision. That witness is like leverage to get into the soul and the spiritual reality and consciousness itself. So that's my perspective. And that's just two levels of reality. From my perspective, there's infinite levels of reality. I'm just talking about two. And uh, that's my basic spiel on the determinism versus free will debate. So I think I solved it, basically. Give me a medal. Right, Ryan? Give me a medal. Your take on it. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question, you know, something to contemplate. Uh, I thought it was interesting that you brought up addiction because addiction is a good example of how free will can be so easily lost. Um, when we have an addiction to something, there's that, you know, that desire, it can be very strong and it can override our deeper intentions, right? Like, let's say somebody's trying to get sober from something. Crack is a kind of an extreme example, but it's fair. It's a very real example. If somebody's addicted to crack and they're trying to get off of it, it's like their free will is trying to sneak in and say, hold on, this isn't healthy for me. I want to change this. I want to I want to free myself of this thing that's creating so much hell in my reality. Um, but then the struggle becomes that the addiction of it has a mind of its own and it like can creep in and it can almost like make people go blind uh in a way like they just become zombie isn't the right word but it's like they become a shell and then they're just doing whatever the addiction wants uh and they can't stop themselves even if they wanted to and uh that's kind of an example of how like it is easy to lose even the even if even if free will is an illusion yeah, I would say it's better to have the illusion of free will than to be completely lost in in compulsive, unconscious, you know, patterns of addiction, for example. Um, and that requires, you know, it's just stepping back and observing, like, what are we stuck in? What are we trying to get out of? What patterns just keep seeming to repeat that we want to get out of? And how do we really bring about a change if that's what we wish deep inside? And uh, to me, that the key there is in awareness. It's in um, it's in our awareness of listening to that pull 
of whatever the addiction is that's overriding our feeling of having a choice and and really sitting with those thoughts and those feelings and observing them deeply and you know oftentimes these type of compulsive addictive type of things that override a sense of free will is rooted in trauma uh, it's rooted in pain that hasn't been healed so when you can source back that pool of, of wanting to get high or whatever it is and uh, trace it to its trauma and then heal that trauma you then can dissolve a lot of that almost compulsive override that that addiction can carry in our psyche um, and that can I mean that can reach so many different levels like the the ultimate level of addiction is not actually drugs or alcohol it is the addiction to thinking the addiction to our mind the addiction to our uh, stories our personalities our pain um, which is you know different forms of ego so yeah it's a big question and a well, big topic I want to address what you just said because I feel I have a, a, a different take on it, though I really feel that what you just said probably helps a lot of people. But I think the problem is if you quit something through the sense of free will, so the sense of willpower and choice, okay, I'm going to make the decision every day not to do this. And you go there and you, you're aware and you make the decision and you have this sense of free will and you have this sense of power to not pick up whatever addiction it is. What that ends up doing is strengthening the ego. What it does is it gets you more lost in the delusion of ego, and you may quit that substance, but you end up not awakening from ego, and you end up replacing the addiction to the substance, to the addiction to choice. I think the, the most powerful addiction is the addiction to choice, which is related, like you said, to thinking. You, when you're making a choice, you have this thought process where you think you're making the choice. I'm not doing this or I'm doing this. When you get beyond the thinking mind, you have no choice. It's, it, it, you don't. You, can't, you can fool yourself all you want and try to bring free will into spirituality. All it's going to do is end up creating a powerful spiritual ego. And you might get your life together. You might be really in shape. You might have no addictions. You might meditate very well. But what you do, you have created a spiritual ego and you're not getting the point of any of this. And you're profaning the universe with separation and it's very sad. So I think there's something to these 12 step programs or they say there's a powerlessness. They don't quit through willpower. They're like, look, it's all just happening. So they just accept that in a way and they say, I have no power to quit. And that sense of surrender helps them change their life. So I'm not advocating the 12-step programs. I'm saying they're the way. But I'm saying that's the, the way to spiritually uh, quit something rather than strengthen a spiritual ego. Regardless, <laughs> we have to come to terms with that fact that we have no choice. People are so obsessed with they have a choice. And it's really just a way to blame people. You're choosing, like, I hear this all the time on Facebook. You didn't, you chose to be unhappy. You could choose happiness. You chose to be like that. You, you manifested it. Or worse, they blame themselves. Oh, it was my choice that I did this. You know, it's just this addiction to ego, 
this addiction to will and free will, not by my will, thy will, O Lord. I really think it's important. If you want to wake up, if we want to create a society of oneness, of cooperation, we have to surrender to fate. And it says in the Tao Te Ching, for example, submit to fate, become part of the always so, and you shall be illumined. To not do this is to go blindly into disaster. And that's my point. If you don't submit to fate, if you think you have a choice and you go around building a spiritual ego or using it as an excuse for addiction, whatever it is, you're not, you're going to go into disaster. Maybe not in this lifetime, maybe a hundred lifetimes down the line. But sooner or later, in one lifetime or another, you're going to have to surrender to fate. That's my point of view about it. Not that I don't respect what you were saying, but I think we have a little bit of a seeing things differently here. So so talk to that, Ryan. Do you think we're seeing things differently or do you think we're just explaining it in different ways? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know anything, loser. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. I don't know. I don't mind not knowing. Why are you a presence teacher? You don't. You just teach that you're a doofus. <laughs> well, I en I enjoy presence, and my mind isn't identified with being on a right or wrong side. Oh, so just you got me there. That's true. That's a good point. It just is. Yeah. Um. But you know the yeah that's an, I mean it's an interesting thing to contemplate right this this fate thing, you know I always as far as like. You know, when I watch a movie or something, right, you can see in movies how it's such an alluring idea to, with heroes, for example, to um, to kind of be stuck with this worst case scenario about to happen. But then they like they somehow break, they break the pattern, they break the system or the fate and they change it and to this where they can actually help, where they can save the world or whatever. You know, you see this type of archetype in movies all the time. Um I think it means something about while like a lot of people, for example, are very uh, predictable uh, because so much of how we act, who we think we are, how we speak, what we say, what we believe in, what we don't believe in. So much of it is really just based on this conditioning of what information we've absorbed throughout our life, you know, what we've been taught, what we chose to question who we listen to that invited those questionings or not questioning. It's such a complex array of, of variables that adds to each individual's conditioning of, of where they stand on any subject. Um, that, that too plays into free will because it's like, are these thoughts, are these ideas, are these perspectives really coming from a true pure source of non-biased interpretation or is it being in some way diluted or uh, perceived through our, our whatever biases we carry so it immediately complicates things uh, that we carry bias that we carry perspective and opinion um, and in that sense i think is another way to kind of look at free will to me, a true free will perspective is being free of all perspective, ironically, and just seeing everything from this very non-biased point of view, very objective 
point of view that allows us to just see things as they as it is um although ironically science kind of attempts to do that but also really gets lost in like this nihilistic perspective of reality um which is unfortunate because it's very depressing and uh, not enjoyable to experience yeah so, yeah so, so I, uh, what, what I, I i get what you're saying there but like like what i look at is like free will in the sense of individual free will like i'm making a choice to not do crack today i see that crack joe has the crack he offered it to me and i said no to joe and didn't take the crack and smoke it it feels like that will is free but i think that's a denial of the fact that that decision for him not to do that was connected to every decision he made in the past was connected to all the decisions he'll make in the future was connected to his friends decisions was connected to the environment so i think free will is just a denial of connection it's a desire of interconnection but that being said in the sense of it's all one what about that is that will free the will of the one in sense god say well god's everything right so does god have free will so in the sense of when you identify with your divinity there is a sense of free will there and that's the real free will the free will of our divine self you know but that remember that divine self that has that free will is not separate from my divine self or anything so that kind of like you know brings it full circle in a way because it's free will there determinism on another level and then no free will when in the level where we think we're making the choice you know because i think if you're going around i just that sounds like hell to me i'm going around i think i'm making a choice to go to the store then i'm making the choice to put on my shoes you never will experience what it's like to get out of ego it just seems like just total prison I just couldn't imagine if I thought I was making all these decisions. I really think that would be a prison cell of the mind. You know, it's it's all about getting out of the mind. So speak to that. How do we go out of our mind, Ryan? Uh, well, mainly by observing it first. Um, anytime we listen to our our mind operating, whether it's thinking and you know, in verbal thoughts or it's imagination, or it's memories, or it's, you know, vivid what-if scenarios, whatever is not of this moment in front of us right now is of mind. And, you know, interestingly, that kind of brings up the question, too, of, like, can choice happen outside of mind? Can we, can we do things without needing to think about it, right? Going to the grocery store or whatever. I mean, do you really need to contemplate? I need to go to, do we need to think that in order to recognize oh i like let's say i'm out of food there is a reason for me to go to store so i'll go to store right it's not so much that we're even thinking about it it's just like present moment tells us okay you're out of food time to go to store you know so it's it not like a lot of trust to do that though Ryan. in a sense i guess yeah but it's like living it's living in the present moment instead of living in all this extra mind stuff right it just you just honor whatever is requested of you next. It's much more simple in that way. Um, you know, it is interesting how you brought up too, though. Like one thing I comes to mind that Jesus said was, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." 
which is a huge portal into forgiving people that are being crazy, that are being unconscious, that are being uh, perpetrators of what you might consider to be evil or dark or unfair or crazy. Or, uh, you know, I know there's a few people I've heard you uh, comment on that you you don't care for, uh, Baba. And those types of people, you know, if we can, we forgive them for, for they know not what they do. It's actually highlighting that, like, they don't know what they're doing because they don't have any conscious awareness to to even know that they're doing anything. Um, like they're not there to begin with. It's like they're just this bundle of conditioned reflexes that's operating. And in that level, there's certainly no free will because they're just this very predictable pattern that's just flowing. Uh, it came from nature and it's going into nature and it's just it's just a bunch of like, lower level consciousness forms of of nature um are they wrong for that that's that's where the forgiveness can come in if you can recognize that no they're not wrong because they're just operating in their where they're at that's just that's just where trump is that's just where um who's the other guy that the podcast guy pence with you yeah and uh joe rogan joe rogan he yeah you you went on on him His for a minute. So like, sucks. he's sexist and toxic masculine. And my podcast is a million times better. Yet <laughs> he gets millions of viewers and I get thousands. I hope he dies of gonorrhea. No, I don't hope he dies of gonorrhea. Like Ryan was saying, that's just where he's at. He happens to be sexist. He happens to be a toxic masculine. He happens to be popular. But that's just where he's at. And I must honor that. Because guess what, folks? I am Joe Rogan. Yep, that's right. We are one. And if I start judging Joe Rogan for being sexist and saying he's bad because he's sexist, then boom, I am judging myself. Yeah, and you know, one thing you could could inquire about too is like one, I think one area where we lose a bit of, if there ever was free will, where we might lose free will is our judgments. It's our emotional reactivity right like would we because we we would never really choose to suffer but anytime we're judging or anytime we are uh feeling negatively towards someone else we're experiencing a form of suffering so in that sense us allowing such thoughts to cross our mind and charge with a certain energy is that we are unconsciously choosing suffering um and again nobody would choose to suffer so really it's not free will free will would only be when we choose peace when we choose forgiveness or compassion or love um that i argue might be a sort of a birth of free will a birth out of the karmic cycle of uh of suffering oh yeah i get what you're saying but i think that sense of empowerment if it's separate from anyone or anything it's just the spiritual ego, which I think a lot of people in the New Age movement that you probably work with, that I work with too, they have this sense of manifesting. They have the sense of, I'm the creator of my own destiny, and I choose happiness, and I'm this free will emerges, and I'm getting out of conditioned power pa- patterns, and I'm breaking cycles. Yeah, that's great, but you're fooling yourself. You're creating the spiritual ego. It's spiritual. It's wonderful. It's great. But guess what? If it's separate from me, if it's separate from the grass blade, if it's separate from the most distant galaxy, if it's separate from nothingness, 
It is still ego. It's just a nice ego with decorations. You got crystals on your ego. You got incense. You got sage. You got a pretty name like Lightworker or Yogi or Guru or Presence Teacher. Whatever it is, still ego, and it's going to get you. It's going to get you. You know, so that's why I just think it's more important if you want to really go the journey, which most people don't want to go the journey. So it doesn't matter. Go do the spiritual ego. Fool yourself for lifetimes. That's fine. But if you really want to wake up, if you really want to go the crisp trip and go the journey, you'll have to give up your mind. You have to give up your mind. You have to surrender your mind, surrender your sense of choice, surrender your will. That's the only way. It's, it's, it says it's called the magic theater, price of admission, your mind for mad men and mad women only. Now, if you want to go in the door, that is. Now, if you want to fuck the door and get splinters, or you want to like fool around with the door handle, great, do that. That's what the new age movement is. Go for it, you know. But if you really want to walk through the door, you're going to have to, you know, give up this sense of choice, I feel. Like it says in Be Here Now, um, once the seed has been planted, you don't have any choice. And it also said this is a fully determined process with no accidents. So, what am I doing here if I have no control? Can I say this is nonsense? Can I say this is important? Your lecture changed my whole life. No, not at all. It's just an inevitable unfolding process. Like if you step back far enough, you would see this pattern. It's all just a pattern unfolding. That's it. It's just set. It's all the future, the past, the present, every timeline, every universe, every level is all this giant cosmic pattern that is set. And this will blow your mind, Ryan. You'll probably appreciate this. It's happening now. And you know what, Ryan? We're reaching in the show, but I tell you, man, talking about this stuff with you, a very awesome person who does the work and is authentic and does the practices, I feel such joy. I feel so present. I feel that I've listened to my own advice. What I was saying here, I was listening to him talk, to Eric talk, to Baba talk. And I was like, and I was listening to Ryan talk. And it all kind of like clicked in my mind. And I feel beyond my mind, I'm present. And I feel that fulfillment. You know what I mean? I, this really helped me so much. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Very welcome. Yeah, thank you. And can I say one thing on, uh, since you brought up spiritual ego, I think that's a really good topic. Could I say something on that real quick? Yeah, we got a few minutes left. <clears throat> cool. So, um, yeah, spiritual ego is really tricky. <clears throat> I think we might have talked about it in a podcast or two before, but it's so tricky just because, like, you know, part of it has a, a good intention, right? We're trying to move into a higher state. We're trying to evolve or trying to progress. But then we come into these different obstacles, and spiritual ego is one of them that a lot of people get stuck in um, for a while. And so there's two things that I've used to really help keep myself in check uh, to ensure that I'm not operating in that or that it hasn't clung to me in some way. And the two measurements are, one is any feeling of being superior or inferior to anyone else is a form of ego. So just listening, and that includes spiritually. So like if I say, oh, I'm not identified with any religion, I'm universal, 
spirituality. I'm much more advanced than X, Y, and Z. If I say that with, with a genuine sense of love and equality, no problem. If I say that with a sense of being more powerful, more important, more special than anyone else that who doesn't get what I get, then spiritual ego has snuck in. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's strengthening the separation. So, exactly. So that's just one thing. And I carry that everywhere, not just spiritual ego, but just in general. Like if you feel superior because you have a fancy car or you have a non-fancy car and you feel superior because you're more humble than the guy with the fancy car. It's all ego. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the ego uh, survives on specialness and comparing and contrasting. So mm. yeah, once you see yourself comparing and contrasting and you know, all that sort of stuff and if you specialness, like I'm a light worker, that's when you're getting into ego levels, you know, now you can have those things as roles, but you, remember, you're not your role. That's just a role. Like, I have a role as light worker. But once you start thinking, you actually are a light worker. You're screwed. But we did reach the end of the show. Wait, um, I have one more thing. All right, all right. I have to say it. Well, the, actually, I could stop recording right now and keep recording and plug the two shows together. So I'll do that. Well, it's just a quick thing. Okay, quick thing? Yeah. Just that the other form of measurement for ego is suffering. Wherever we are experiencing suffering is where we can investigate for ego. Yeah, um, it's brilliant. Yes, I, Ram Dass talks about that a lot. Yeah, it's a good way to keep us humble. Because if you think you're enlightened, great. But if you're suffering, then you're missing something. <laughs> yeah, because enlightenment is about the cessation of suffering in Buddhism, they call it. Yeah, yeah that's all. All right, so thank you, Ryan, for being on the show. This has been Baba Here Love. This has been the show Under the Blanket. So remember, be here now. And be aware of your ego. Because remember, you're not your ego. You are deep in awareness. Thank you, everyone, for listening.